0: Welcome to the Shepherd King podcast. We exist to equip pastors and leaders in the local church to transcend beyond current culture, to see government through the lens of the gospel and engage as
1: modeled in the scriptures.
0: I am Leo Lazzarini. And I'm Greg Baker. Thank you for joining us for one more episode of the Shepherd King podcast. Today, we're continuing our series on biblical principles on overarching topics. That is talking about the issues that our communities are talking among themselves and the issues that we're facing in our day-to-day lives, for example, education, criminal justice, life, bondage, addictions, things that are real and tangible in our communities that our governing authorities are wrestling with. And we want to bring a biblical perspective on how to think about them and how to engage uh, in bringing a solution for those issues. So, Greg, today I'd like to talk about education. Greg, can you help us understand education? What is education?
2: That's a great question, Leo. When I think about education, it's like so often we, we start at an institution, right? When we hear the word education, we think of institution. It often reminds us of our childhood or it makes us think mm-hmm. about our kids usually too or... Or maybe if we went to college, it makes us think a little bit about that university. Mm -hmm. But education is so much bigger than the institutions that we built. Education is a part of our day-to-day lives. Uh, For those of us that um, are committed to the Lord and read his word every day, we're entering an educational experience with the Lord. Mm -hmm. It is the training. It is the equipping. It is the direction and guide and practical application of just how to live our day-to-day lives Mm -hmm. and for us to follow and accomplish the Lord's tasks. Mm -hmm. And education at the early age, it sets us on a foundation to succeed. I think of Proverbs 22, 6, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So you think of those early years, that foundational education's important, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop at school. There's a constant training and equipping of ourselves and a learning. And when the Lord's in it, it's a great revelation of truth and light.
1: Mm.
0: That's great, Greg. As we think about what education is and how it's not just an institution or a school, but it- Actually part of our everyday lives. How how important is education for a human being? How important is it? Even you can even share maybe throughout history, how important has education been for societies and for, for people, um, you know, the past and up to today?
2: Well, I think of human history, education's existed as long as mankind's existed. Mm-hmm. And we think of the the first people. Adam and Eve and early creation, I like to think that uh, those evening strolls with God were probably some phenomenal educational classes. Mm -hmm. And at a much definitely an upper 100 level course, right? When God's your professor, (laughs) right? And the vast majority of education exists within the home. It's with family. It's with parents. And it's not all taught. It's mostly watched. Mm-hmm. This by the examples around you. That's why so often people that grow up in broken homes end up living out broken homes. You, you live by the example that was given to you. Mm-hmm. Like if Paul, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He's living his life as an example right. to be followed. In any form of teaching, it is so critical to remember that most of it's actually going to come from watching you. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen in a classroom setting. Those classroom settings help build key truths. We know Jesus taught a lot. Mm-hmm. You think of the Mount of Beatitudes, I mean, that was a teaching lesson, that was a lecture mm-hmm. at a college, right. but from God Himself, right? Mm-hmm. But on top of the Beatitudes, Jesus as a life was the one that largely solidified that teaching. Mm -hmm. And we learn from our coworkers, we learn from our peers. Our whole life is an educational experience that largely shapes who we are. Mm -hmm. And God has uniquely wired us with our own special DNA that we take different interests. I love history. I'll mm-hmm. study history all day long. It refreshes me. It brings me joy. I don't like math. I can do math, but I don't like math. One of my best friends loves math. Mm-hmm. But regardless, like God has called us with different giftings, different skill sets. He's called us into a body. And it's in education that we further develop who God's made us to be and grow our skill sets and fulfill our unique part of the body where we constantly grow and do better Mm. and become more like him. Yes. That's good. That's very good.
0: Yes. How do you see education change? I know you're talking about that importance of that example that you can see and follow that, um, we think about Jesus just walking with the disciples. They had that, um,
1: yeah,
0: that, 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 including the time of the classroom, hearing from Jesus, but then also walking with him, seeing him and being able to ask questions to him, um, but today, when we think about education as a whole, um, we see that often the, the, the only way to think about education is, is in the classroom. When you think automatically uh, about education, the, the first thought that comes to mind is an institution, classroom, professor, mm-hmm. and so on. How did that change over the course of history to where we are today?
2: Well, early on, culture we had a very agrarian culture. Okay. When we were in an agrarian culture, the need for Schooling at home was much greater. And you see a lot of one-room schoolhouses where the community bonded together to educate. Mm-hmm. Throughout human history, we have been bonding together to educate. You even think about in Greece and in ancient Rome. We get to read of these different marketplaces and theaters and synagogues. Those are all public places of teaching where people are learning from one another in the community and even sharing the burden of educating kids together. Our yeah. public school system or private school system that's more institutional today, it's not new. Mm-hmm. It's way more structured today. Mm-hmm. And technology has allowed it to be more structured. But since the beginning of time, there's been a shared responsibility of education, mm-hmm. of neighbors coming together, but also an understanding that it happens at home. Mm-hmm. And it's larger today because our our cities are larger. Transportation's allowed it to be larger. Mm -hmm. It's allowed it to be more centralized. But, I mean, clear back to the one-room schoolhouse in our country, neighbors have been coming together Mm -hmm. to educate their kids. And they would save money together and put their resources together maybe to hire a teacher that really specializes in educating kids. Churches have put on Sunday schools for a long time and pooled together resources to help people learn the Bible. They've hosted Bible studies in their home. Think of all the churches that have gathered in homes throughout human history, Mm -hmm. pooling together a greater body to educate. And that's not all that they do, but education is a part of -hmm. what they do. Mm -hmm. And when education prospers best is when it functions in Community. So, think about the church. The church is a community gathering, it's a gathering of worship and praise and learning. You think about even modern day public schools, how much athletics and community wraps around that. Mm-hmm. And even in the home, when community happens in an intact family, when you have a mother and a father and siblings together, it um, it is best. Mm. Because there's more to educate, because what we love to do, Leo, we like to silo our lives. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't allow a silo, He looks at us comprehensively as people. Mm -hmm. And if education is gonna be healthy and prosperous, it's gotta be viewed through that community setting. Mm -hmm. And community matters. Mm -hmm.
0: That's right, Greg. That's good. Uh, Greg, as we think about education um, influencing our communities and I I love what you brought up. I mean, education is part of life. There's no way to separate education from anything else. We're always learning from people. And it's also a good point that um, our culture is teaching us. The songs we sing, the arts that we see, everything that we interact with, they, they are all teaching us about something. But as believers, when we think about education, what are some biblical principles that we can really establish as a foundation when we think about education? and not education only perhaps in the classroom, but education, what, what, are, what is a good foundation for the things that teaches us? What are good foundation for the things we see, we hear, the people we follow? What are some good biblical foundations on education?
2: The most foundational place we must start, parents are primary responsible for educating their children. Mm-hmm. And fathers of the shepherds of the family must take a leadership role in what their children are learning. Mm-hmm. Mothers are going to provide an incredible impact in education, but right. fathers must take a role. What is it that my kids are going to learn? Mm-hmm. And with so many different options in education today, it's very easy for the family to take a back seat and go on autopilot. It takes a lot of work to train kids, and there's a lot of places to delegate it to. You can delegate education to the church. You can delegate it to a private school, a public school. Mm -hmm. You can delegate it to a homeschool co-op. You can delegate it to the television or a tablet. There's so many things to delegate to, but at the end of the day, God made parents responsible And the parents will always be the best place for a child to learn. Mm -hmm. And there is a way that a parent can lead out through any of those methods. Mm -hmm. But they must say, I'm taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that's when that child is going to prosper best.
0: That's so true, Greg. God has designed parents to play that role of being responsible for what the kids are absorbing from the culture, from the television, from friends. In the same way that we want to train our kids to interact with the world, um, we also want to protect in some ways and help them to have the right environment, that they can grow in the right principles. That's very good. Thank you, Greg, for sharing that. What are some other principles, Greg, that you see in the scriptures that uh, our listeners can, can establish and, and, or be encouraged and reminded of as we think about foundations for um, education?
2: So much cultural looking into this with children right now. I want to keep on that theme. I want to do it from a broader approach. Any education, whether it's in your home, at a private, public school, church, any education is designed to start students on the right path for life. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing we need to be looking at. Are we setting up students to thrive for life? And that goes back to that proverb, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they'll not turn from it. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean every child perfectly follows? No, we wish they did, but they don't. Mm-hmm. But are we starting children on the right path? Mm-hmm. And if this is a public school, that's what the school board needs to be asking. That's their job. Mm-hmm. But as a parent, you need to be asking, did you send your kid there? Mm-hmm. Is that what they're doing? Is that what's happening in our church? Is that what's happening in our home? Are we setting up our kids for the right path of life? Mm. But since there is so much emphasis right now on public education and the culture, our next value, our next principle is government is designed to serve people, not for people to serve government. Mm. God instituted government for our good. So, so often... When any institution gets large, it is very easy to make everything about that institution, Mm. where the institution literally serves itself. And the vast majority of people in Western culture, and now significantly more in Eastern culture, choose public education. And in the United States, really, since the mid-1800s and the Industrial Revolution, public education has become the epicenter. Of our communities and we've built a public education system for the kids it's very well funded it's got very qualified people on it but we must always remember people were not designed to serve that institution. Mm-hmm. And people must never come at the expense of that institution. Mm-hmm. It was designed to serve people. So any education policy that government promotes should think through the lens of people first, institution last. Mm.
0: That's very good, Greg. I think that's, uh, that's something we can fall into in the Western world. Even today, as people are very politically charged or they're thinking about government so often that it's in their minds it um, got created to be a servant for the people and we can often miss that what do people need first before the institution so thank you thank you for sharing that Greg we, we have talked to in our ministry often about uh, human beings being the physical and spiritual beings um, those two things are very important and uh, the church has a specific role um, especially on the spiritual side of things. How, can you please help us understand that principle when it comes to education?
2: So, Education, at the end of the day, is people. Mm-hmm. No people, no schools. And a universal truth with anything with people is that they're physical and spiritual beings. So why, why do we need to establish this with education? You can't just teach people math and read and expect success. Mm -hmm. their spiritual soul is not healthy no education is going to fix that that's right and if their spiritual condition is not healthy Mm -hmm. it's going to be difficult for them to learn it Mm -hmm. and there are times i believe as christians we're too harsh on public schools particularly some in our more urban core where they're dealing with significant spiritual issues Mm -hmm. And we solely grade teachers, not on were parents involved in the child's education, what was the spiritual condition of the school district they're teaching in. We grade them solely on test scores. And we don't ask ourselves, why are they behind on test scores? Are they behind on test scores? Or there's not quality teaching going on in the district. Mm. Are they behind on test scores because they're in the state's foster system?
1: Mm
2: -hmm. How's a kid in foster care going to learn reading at the same level that a kid in a stable home is? But by test scores, they say, just because you're in the third grade, you should be at this reading level. Mm. What a horrible standard to put our public schools through. Mm -hmm. And we also secularize them. We've limited teachers. Teachers aren't parents. We put teachers in a tough spot. And that's why as a people... We need to think through how do we develop a system that thinks about the spiritual needs as much as the physical needs, Mm -hmm. that thinks about what is going on in the home as much as how you're doing in math, because you can't separate these things. We don't live in compartments, and any employer knows that in the workplace. If somebody's struggling at home, Mm -hmm. they're struggling at work. Mm -hmm. If someone's wife has cancer, they're not working to their fullness. Mm-hmm. Kids are the same way. They're not able to test to their fullness. Right. They're seeing same educational capacity. Mm-hmm. And a system cannot take that into consideration.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And this is where the church comes in, Lael. Now, this is where our last two principles come in. Christians are called to better, com- to better our communities, and Christians are called to factor in the needs of those who are in need. And I think one of the greatest services we can provide is offering education to our communities that addresses both the physical and the spiritual, Mm -hmm. that addresses both the child and the family structure they're in, and brings the full church, including removing people from isolation, Mm -hmm. and truly loving them as we teach basics like math and reading, and we do it well. Mm-hmm. is a great chance to minister and bring the gospel to our communities. And the need is great,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and people want it. And there's even some states out there where they even incentivize it, where mm-hmm. the state will contribute money. But There's a lot of places, though, there's been generous benefactors for years that want to see this form of education. Mm-hmm. So as a church, we should be generous in this type of education as well as willing to offer it. Mm-hmm. And really be a ministry to the community as a whole.
0: That's excellent, Greg. Thank you for sharing that. Greg, as you are entering more into practical ways that the church can be a solution or part of a solution on that issue of education, considering the physical and spiritual needs, please share with us what are some ways that the church can practically engage maybe some pastors as they're listening to this podcast, there are some ways that they can engage in that conversation um, with governing authorities, perhaps, or with their community? And there are some ways that the church can serve.
2: Um... Yeah, that's a great question. So there's the big one you can do, mm-hmm. and not every church can do this. Start a school. Mm-hmm. And there are organizations out there that can help you do this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Some that um, literally start off small with online classes put into your classrooms and use in your building. To others that literally just help you start a school from scratch. Mm. That bring students in. They hire your own teachers. And they aim small, miss small. Start at an elementary level and work away at a high school level. That's a big step. But, boy, it's a needed one. I guarantee your community needs it and that you would get students. Mm-hmm. And, If you know a church in town that has started a school, assist them in it. Mm -hmm. Reach out to that pastor and say, how do we help you get this jump-started? How do we help you take this to the next level Mm -hmm. and work together in our community? Mm -hmm. But here's the most important one that every church needs to do. Equip parents to take ownership of educating their children. Mm -hmm. Equip the parents in your church. Assist them. Build into them. Mm -hmm. Build into the fathers. Build into the mothers. What can you do? to take ownership of your child's education. And then if you want to do an outreach as well, a third one I throw out there is uh, get involved in an already existing Christian after-school program or start your own Christian after-school program designed to reach out with public schools. Meet with the principals in your area. Meet with the superintendent if you have access there. Find ways to serve. Mm -hmm. For the most foundational one, Equip the parents of your church to lead out an
0: education. That's so good, Greg. Greg, thank you so much for sharing with us those biblical principles on education. And our hope is that this podcast, as the ones we have done so far on important topics that our communities are facing, we hope that these podcast episodes are helpful for you as you think about those issues, as those issues are brought up in conversations, that this will help you uh, from the word of God to think about those issues and encourage and, and build up you know, the body of Christ and you know, share with your community. So thank you for joining us for one more episode of our podcast. We hope to uh, have you join us again soon.
1: The Shepherd King podcast is brought to you by the Church Ambassador Network, a ministry of the Family Leader Foundation that inspires the church to engage government for the advance of God's kingdom. For more information about the Church Ambassador Network or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, thefamilyleader.com church.